Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, glad to have you. Well, there is one big story today and it hit a little while ago and we've got to delve into it because it's kind of the big story. You know, the Democrats, I would love to see the internal polling from the Democrats on what their mask mandate must say, because the Democrats are scrambling, and, and I, I do mean scrambling badly, but you got to hear for context here, uh, the conversation that occurred this morning on CNBC, it was it was rather a big deal as word hit uh, with Rick Santelli. Uh, in just a couple of seconds, uh, 1.934 uh, is uh, where we're indicated right now, standing by at the CME uh, in Chicago. Rick Santelli, the numbers, uh, please. I think they should be hitting right about now. Yeah, they're, they're going to be hitting the screen right about now. We're going to have initial continuing claims and, of course, our January read on CPI. 223,000 on initial jobless claims, a bit lower than expected. Still, the 188,000 from early December is the post-COVID low. Not only that, it goes back into the late 1960s. On continuing claims, about as expected, 1,621,000. Of course, the uh, best we've seen was at the end of December uh, at 1,555,000. So sequentially, both of those are a bit lower, no revisions yet. Here we go. CPI, headline number up six-tenths of one percent, up six-tenths of one percent. That equals our last look. The high watermark on that was up nine-tenths several times, October of last year being the most recent. If you strip out food and energy, it was up six-tenths as well. Both these are hotter than expected. And on the core side up nine tenths the high water mark from april so these were supposed to moderate they did not moderate now for the biggies 7.5 on year over year headline six percent on year over year core let's go to the whiteboard so 7.5 percent and that is of course on headline you have to go to 1982 to find a higher number and of course when we look at 5.5 on core well 5.5 uh, December of 21 was 5.5. So therefore, uh, we are equaling what we have seen last. But no, it came in at 6%. So now we have to go down on the whiteboard to August of 82. That was Rick Santelli breaking the news for people as this number came in. It's bad. It's real bad. We have not seen inflation this bad since 1982 when the Reagan administration began rapidly raising interest rates to shut it down. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Now, where is inflation coming from? Well, year-over-year used car prices are up 40.5%. Gas is up 40%. Rental cars are up 29%. Utility gas is up 24%. Hotels are up 21%. Furniture up 20%. Bacon's up 18%. Steak is up 17%. Peanut butter is up 15.5%. Pork is up 14.5%. Eggs are up 13%. New cars are up 12%. Uh, ele- electricity is up 11%. Chickens are up 10%. 
oranges are up 10%. This has real-world impact on you. I mean, just get a hold of this. Uh, Two-liter bottles of soft drinks are up 12%. The price of wine is up 3.3%. The price of beer is up 3.9%. The price of avocados up 24%. Oh, my gosh, you poor Gen Zers and your avocado toast. You're going to go broke. Potato chips are only up 1%. Maybe switch to potato chips. Steak is up 24.4%. Ground beef up 13%. Chicken up 11.5%. The only, the only, the only thing that won't cost you more for the Super Bowl is the price of a hot dog has not gone up. The quality of the meat inside might have gone down, but the hot dog has not gone up. This is real-world impact. Not only that, but Democrats are saying, but wait, but wait, wages have gone up. That's true. That is true. But under the Trump administration, every month of the Trump administration saw wages increase above inflation. The Biden administration has only had one month last January to February where wages did where wages exceeded inflation since March of 2021 inflation has outpaced wages uh, somewhat significantly wage rates are up about five and a two five and two-thirds percent. Inflation is up seven and a half percent. That means that prices have gone up more than your paycheck. So you actually have less take home pay now. You may feel like you're getting a paycheck, but when you go to the grocery store, everything costs so much more that it's actually you've had a pay cut. Is that not bizarre? We haven't lived in times like this since the late 1970s. And that's something you've got to realize. No American has experienced anything like this since the late 1970s. Even with Ronald Reagan, when inflation was so high, wages were going up as the economy rebounded out of the Carter era. Now wages are going up, but not nearly at the rate of inflation. Inflation outpacing wages means you actually have less less money to spend. That's bad. On top of this, you have the supply chain issues. We got a caller to the show yesterday. Said there was no meat at his local Walmart. In the grocery store section, there wasn't any meat. Wasn't just chicken. There was no meat. This is happening more and more. Now, of course, you've got the truckers. Uh, on the the bridge in in Canada, the bridge is privately owned, interestingly enough, and they've shut down the bridge. That's going to impact car prices and car manufacturing. And in fact, uh, more and more Canadian analysts are saying that it's probably going to be Joe Biden 
who has to deal with this issue and not Justin Trudeau because Justin Trudeau has dug his heels in so much he can't deal with it. He can't talk to these people because Justin Trudeau is never wrong, can never admit he's wrong, and can never apologize. That's the Canadian prime minister. So you have Canadian policy analysts and members of Justin Trudeau's party in the Canadian parliament begging Joe Biden to get involved. What's the geriatric dementia patient going to do? And for those of you who find it off-putting for me to say that, y'all, are you, are you not paying attention to what's going on here? And I'm one of the people who still thinks Joe Biden's calling the shots at the end of the day, but they're having to curate all of the, the answers he can possibly give to narrow him down to the one they want. The supply chain is still broken. Where is Pete Boot Edge Edge? You know where he is? He's on television explaining we need to be talking about moms and moms and dads and dads more than just moms and dads because it's part of life. That's where Pete Boot Edge Edge is. He's not talking about the supply chain. He's on television doing diversity lectures. This is the worst inflation the United States has had since 1982. Federal judges and the Biden administration have restricted gas pipelines. They have made restrictions that impact the gas price here. I got a listener yesterday who angrily emailed me and said that on uh, one of my affiliates, there was an afternoon show talking to someone explaining why gas prices were so high and the analyst was completely um, the, um, giving Joe Biden a pass, saying it was all foreign issues. Uh, the, the instability in Ukraine was causing the problems and other things. That's not actually true. That has a lot to do with it. The instability abroad does have something to do with it. The uh, Houthi rebels in uh, Yemen launching terror attacks in the Middle East has something to do with it. But there's also domestic issues as well. The Biden administration has increased now regulations on the oil refiners. They've had to shut down oil refineries to comply with the environmental regulations. The Biden administration has increased environmental regulations on the producers of oil, and they're having to go slow as they pump oil. A federal judge appointed by Barack Obama has scrapped leases in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that has impacted capacity and uh, the future pricing in the futures market. Oil pipelines have been shut down. There's a lack of shippers. And because of government regulations on shipping, it limits the amount of ships available to move oil around. That's all domestic. That's all Joe Biden. It's not overseas. And this has had a real tremendous effect on energy. Uh, Barack Obama appointed judges have shut down a natural gas pipeline that would have reduced natural gas prices. They got that shut down. Natural gas prices are on the rise because the futures are off the chain right now because of all of this. That's not foreign. That's domestic. Things are kind of crazy right now. Home prices continue to go up. There's actually uh, some data out there. We're going to get into it later on, on the housing shortage we have right now. And a lot of it is builders cannot build. Builders cannot build. They don't have the supplies to be able to build the new houses they want to build. They can't get the supplies. 
the supply chain is broken. We can't clear the ports in Los Angeles and Long and, and uh, Long Beach. The unions refuse to work 24 hours a day. They've regulated 18-wheelers. Did y'all know this? It's impossible to get older model 18-wheelers into California. They get stopped. You can't bring those in. Most people who drive 18-wheelers have older model trucks, so it's reduced capacity to be able to go to the ports. Not only that, they've imposed so many restrictions on the travel time for the 18-wheelers, and the port backups are so long, they get to the port, they load their vehicles, they've got to pause for 12 hours. They can't leave. We have created every sort of logistic nightmare and regulation. And yet the experts out there say, well, it's not Joe Biden's fault. We got to say that or Trump might come back. The amount of energy being produced to excuse the Biden administration for things they could fix is overwhelming. And also... They were told before they were sworn into office by Larry Summers, before January 20th, 2021, before he became president of the United States, Larry Summers published an op-ed and said, you will get inflation if you do this spending package. And the Biden administration laughed him off and said, ah, it'll be transitory. Transitory apparently means it'll last until Joe Biden is gone. Larry Summers not a conservative. Larry Summers, a progressive who worked for Bill Clinton and Barack Obama said, you pass this package, you're going to get inflation. And the Democrats scoffed at him and said, you can't tell us what to do. And they passed the massive COVID bailout. And then they pass the infrastructure plan and they keep on passing spending packages. They've overheated the economy and now it is the working class who pay. The rich don't care. They have enough money. It's the middle class and the working class poor who are the ones stuck footing the bill for the policies the Democrats have advanced in Washington, D.C. They have overheated the economy. They've dumped too much money in. And now they say, well, we should pass Build Back Better. It's paid for. That'll stop it. No, no. The only thing that'll stop it now is to stop the spending and raise the interest rates. And that causes a recession and people are going to lose their jobs because of Joe Biden's policies. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Tyler, you're going to be up first today. Welcome. Hey, long time. First time. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, the opening clip you were playing, it sounded like it was talking about uh, them talking about unemployment numbers going down. Yeah, uh, they did go down a little because, bit. Like myself, I was let go right as the pandemic hit in 2020, and um, then wife got pregnant and everything, and unemployment, it got better because people like myself, uh, I couldn't claim unemployment anymore after a year. The benefits were gone. So at that point, it's either get a job or just don't claim anymore. So May of last year, I stopped claiming. So people like me, you know, that makes the numbers get better. Uh, yep. We've been in the position where my wife is a solo practicing attorney and has done well to where I can take care of our baby and not have to work right now. Well, you so, know, a lot of people are finding that. So that's kind of driven down the unemployment number, the people who are dropping out. But uh, the, the mm -hmm. number particularly that they were talking about this morning Thanks for the phone call there, Tyler, is the jobless claims. 
have gone down, uh, down 6,000. They were expected to be higher than they were, so that's good news. But, but the inflation is a problem. And, you know, ironically here, it does make you wonder if the Democrats are kind of okay with it. Now, hear me out on this. Hear me out. Politically, inflation is bad for the Democrats because voters feel it in their pocketbook. They've never felt inflation, at least not since the late 70s. A lot of voters alive today, the Gen Xers, the Millennials, the Gen Z, never felt inflation before. Suddenly, here it is. Politically, it's very, very, very bad for the Democrats to have this happen on their watch. Something new, and it's a new bad, not a new good. But from a policy standpoint for the Democrats, it's not so bad, is it? People buy less. People are buying fewer new cars. People are buying fewer used cars. People are spending less. So what happens? It's good for climate change. It's good for the Green New Deal. And then it gives the Democrats the incentive to expand child tax credits and the like because wages aren't keeping up with inflation. So it gives them an excuse to actually tinker with the tax code to benefit their constituencies. It helps them on the policy front. The problem is they can't enact the policies because they're going to get slaughtered on the politics. But for the right now, for the here and now, remember when all the environmentalists seemed very, very excited that we were in lockdown because it'd be good for the environment. All the stories about the clear water returning to the canals in Venice. You could see the sky over Beijing for the first time in forever. Look at the empty streets of San Francisco. Nobody's driving a car. It's good. Well, inflation reduces consumerism, and they think consumerism's bad, so it kind of helps them. But, ah, my gosh, the political fallout of inflation is going to wreck them and be so hard-hitting. There's not going to be a way around it. They're going to lose in November. You know, the Republicans now, the real clear politics point average, the generic ballot has the Republicans over four points now. Last time we talked about it, it was at three. In about a month, it's jumped by a full point. Those are all warning signs for Democrats. That's why they're rushing to get the masks off. It's not going to help them with their transitory inflation being off the chain. Now, when we come back, we got to move on to the COVID moderates. Amazing how many people are trying to hitch their wagon to, oh, we can change now because the science has changed. The science changed the moment we got the vaccine, y'all. We got to discuss this modern phenomenon when we come back. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. To the phone, Steve, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, I'm a first-time caller, but I listen to your show. I really appreciate uh, just this quick opportunity. I wanted to, uh, sure. the, other day I sat da- the other day I sat down, uh, I live in Georgia, about an hour outside of Atlanta, uh, I just wrote down some things that I, I'm 67 years old. Uh, but, you know, at our age, we've been through some of these things before. And uh, 
I sat down the other day, made a list of just what I think our our government uh, should be should be really working on. Uh, I just wanted to give you that quick list and end with a uh, quote Go by for it. Uh, President Reagan. I I wrote down that we need to be working on the economy, uh, energy independence again, immigration, the border problem again. Uh, we need to, we need a strong military. We need work on the China problem, the Russia problem, the North Korea problem. We need to build more houses, just like you were talking about. Uh, we need to work on the homeless in America, the mental illness in America. We need to teach patriotism in schools. We need uh, academics in schools to get back to that again. Uh, we need to work on the criminal justice system. We need to work on the college loan program. Everything. Um, need to work on the medical coverage, technical training, police department issues, flat tax, and America's budget deficit. And what I wanted to end with, I know uh, uh, I appreciate your your spiritual uh, uh, thinking and background, and I uh, I wanted to read that what Ronald Reagan wrote on August twenty third, nineteen eighty four. He said, "Without God, there's no virtue because there's no prompting of the conscience." Without God, there's a coarsening of the society. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. President Ronald Reagan, August 23, 1984. Uh, that just that quote, it, it really tells our problem and our solution. But uh, that's just my personal opinion. I. I'll hang up now. I just wanted yeah, to share that with you, Steve. Look, I, I appreciate you. I mean, the, the the problem as you as you highlight there is we got to work on everything. We got so many problems, uh, so much. Um, it, it's just it's nonstop. Um, too many problems, and uh, gosh, um, I, I mean from crime and education to the economy and, and we got the spiritual issues in the, in the nation that we're having to deal with. It's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And Reagan was right, but unfortunately I think too many people have moved beyond him. It's, it's frustrating when I go to Republican meetings these days and people act like Reagan never even existed. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to call you in support of president biden that he was absolutely correct with the transitory inflation so also he made he made that statement when inflation was four and a half percent it's now seven and a half yes so he was correct it was transitory <laughs> he, he knew it was going up and he was making a correct statement well yeah please, except he he actually meant it was going to to go back down that it wasn't going to go up well you have you know bill clinton called children 26-year-olds, too. Please, please, <laughs> please don't discourage the Republicans from coming out to vote by saying Republicans have got it in the bag and the Democrats are going to be destroyed. There are people who will stay home. Well, I, I, and you know, I, I hope they up. won't. You've, you've got a point there that I mean, we don't want to be overconfident here because that certainly can throw the election. You know, the interesting data, though, Bill, is that it's not just going to be the Republicans coming out to vote for the Republicans. It's going to be the Democrats, too. That's the craziest thing in the polling. That at this point, it doesn't matter how much further Joe Biden declines in the polls, he's hit the hardcore Democratic base and they're not going to leave him. But a lot of people who voted for him, who consider themselves Democrats, have abandoned him in the polling. 
that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. But the fact of the matter is that uh, they, the, the Democrats themselves are abandoning Joe Biden. And a lot of black Democratic voters will not vote Republican, but they will just stay home. It's been fascinating to watch so much of this happen uh, in, in the last few months in the polling trends. And so much of it uh, has to do with inflation, but also with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It has allowed people to a degree to realize Joe Biden really doesn't care about them. And it has changed the entire dynamic. Now, I want to move on to something slightly different. Uh, An internet friend of mine, at some point we will get together in person, Seth Mandel, uh, all around good guy. He and his wife, two of my favorite people. Uh, He is the executive editor for the Washington Examiner magazine. I want to read you his Twitter thread real quick says just a cheat sheet for the sudden proliferation of the science has changed articles by folks trying to position themselves as the reasonable middle, which I'm seeing from every one of them so far. Here are the three things they do to telegraph their dishonesty. They use March 2020 and March 2022 or thereabouts as the bookends. When in actuality, the science research on various aspects of the pandemic changed at various points in between those dates and at various times and stages, some closer to the beginning, some later. They ignore the difference between children and adults in terms of the risk of the virus itself and spreading it. This is key because anti-mask is a meaningless phrase. There has long been no excuse to mask young children. Yet, Seth says, he still wears a mask on the subway. They ignore the fact that in the risk assessments, we've been dealing with trade-offs to the health of children and young adults, the economy, the economic fortunes of the working class, the lives of immigrants, wiping out jobs has been in many cases wiping out health care. There are more tells, so to speak, that these folks are way out of their depth on the science or else are knowingly misinforming readers so they can indulge their pride and not just admit they're the ones learning stuff now that others learned already. But these are the key. I only point this out because we seem to be at the beginning of a fad of such articles, which amounts to nothing more so far than ideological axe grinding and professional jealousy. Now, I'll I'll stop there. But I'll go back to an issue that many of you have disagreed with me about. I thought at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, shutting down for a month so hospitals could stock up resources was a sound idea. We were dealing with a virus about which we knew very little. The information kept changing as the virus mutated. It made a lot of sense to spend a month in lockdown, let states build up resources. But it was a month, a month for hospitals to build up resources This constant lockdown and threat of lockdown and shutting down schools has always been ridiculous. Another issue where you and I have often disagreed on the mask issue, I thought it made sense at the beginning of the pandemic because we knew they weren't highly effective, but when hospitals were overwhelmed, any bit of effectiveness, even 10%, mattered greatly to keep hospitals from being overwhelmed. And yes, granted, in this country, you could say 99% of people survive, 98% of their old. That's true. But they survive in this country in large part because of the health resources that we have. In other countries where they've run out of supplies, the death rate was much higher per capita. 
set those issues aside where you and I, we disagree, and we're not going to change each other's minds, and that's fine. Since the vaccine came out, pretty much everyone on the right has said it's time to reopen. There have been very few conservatives in the country since the vaccines came out who said, yeah, we still need to shelter in place. We still need to isolate. We still need to wear a mask. We still need to keep our distance from each other. We can't go back to normal. I think everyone on the right, by and large, has had the position at least since the master, since the vaccines came out. Now, some never wanted to shut down to begin with. Some never wanted to wear masks, and, and some are still skeptical of the vaccine. But where are the majority of people? A lot of progressives are still in the camp of we can't go back to normal, where conservatives have for the longest time been there. Now, here's what I find the most notable thing. You and I by and large, arrived at these conclusions by actually paying attention to the science and the scientists. Not the public not the public figures, but the science and the studies and the data and the research and the people who said, once you get the vaccine, go back to life. We got the vaccine. We went back to life. It's what they said to do until they didn't. There's this belief on the left that everyone on the right marches to the beat of Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, Rush Limbaugh, talk radio, Fox News, whatever, that we don't think for ourselves. There there really is. It is a festering view on the left that Republicans don't think for themselves, that, that we listen to fringy voices who tell us what to believe. I was telling people in January of 2020, stock up on resources from the grocery store, don't hoard. Just every time you go, buy a little more because supplies are going to run out. The supply chain is going to be impacted. This COVID thing's no joke. It's going to come to the United States. When they said don't wear masks, I was trying to explain to you they were lying, that their reason for saying don't wear masks was because they wanted first responders to get them first. When they finally told you to start wearing masks, I was telling you, yeah, wear masks. It does actually reduce the rate. It may not reduce it by much, but when our hospitals are overwhelmed, we had hospitals here in Georgia that were using uh, parking lots and parking decks as makeshift spillover ICU, that even if it reduces 5 or 10%, at least it will save hospital capacity. And then when it started to burn out and fade away, said, come out of your masks. There's no reason anymore. And over time, it was very clear that COVID had evolved in such a way that it flew in such fine particulate matter, it really didn't matter anymore anyway. Unless you're going to get N95 masks, no one's going to get an N95 mask except the most paranoid or the most medically fragile. And then we got the vaccine. It was game over. We Go back to life. Live your life. Those were my positions along the way. Pointing out along the way where the science was changing, how the data was changing, how my mind was changing on stuff on things that I got wrong, on things that I got right that I thought other people were still getting wrong. And you arrived at your own conclusion without me telling you what to do. And in fact, some of you disagreed with me and did your own thing. But look what's actually happening right now. It's not you and it's not me. It is progressives who are having to have the media and their politicians all tell them, guys, it's okay, come out now. Guys, it's okay. You, you can come back now. 
We did our own thinking. They're waiting to be told by the politicians and the bureaucrats what to do. The left loves to tell conservatives that all you do is you follow the loudest voice on Fox News or on talk radio. You don't think for yourself. Here we all have arrived at different conclusions at different times. And on the left, they are almost uniformly waiting for the politicians and the bureaucrats to tell them, guys, come on out. And the problem is what we're seeing on the left is that a many, many, many of them still don't think it's time to come out from behind the masks. Many of them still think you should live your life in fear. Many of them still think we should have lockdowns and shutdowns. Many of them who control corporate America are continuing to keep their offices shut down. Omicron is cratered out. And you know, ironically, I was telling you guys a month and a half ago, as it started spreading, not to worry that it was crashing fast everywhere it spread. And now suddenly they're like, oh, we can come out of mass because Omicron's crashing so much faster than we expected. No, anyone who paid attention to anywhere in the world, including South Africa, where Omicron first started, saw that it was a massive spike and a massive crash. It did not not uh, fill in the void and, and spread out long like Delta and, and all the other variants. The Omicron spread fast and collapsed quickly. We knew this weeks ago. But on the left, they want to be told what to do. I don't mean that to be disparaging. I know it comes off that way. But the reality is for the last couple of years, there has been this thinking and articulated in the press and the news groups and, and among progressives on social media that people on the right are just automatons who do whatever Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump or Rush Limbaugh told them to do. The fact is we all arrived and our opinions on COVID and how to navigate it separately and individually. And on the left, they're waiting for the government bureaucrats to tell them that it's okay to come out from under their masks. And many of them are scared to do so because they know the only reason the politicians are telling them now is because the polls have collapsed for the Democrats and they've got to do it. But the people themselves are scared of this virus. Don't live by fear. Live reasonably, but don't live by fear. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let us go to Roger. You're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, you said that the Biden's inflation rate was now at the highest rate since 82. Are those yeah. using today's calculations or are those using the 82 calculations that if you can compare oh, apples to apples, yeah. So no, it, it's 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 a percentage jump. Uh, so they can we, you can measure that consistently with the percentage jump. I mean, uh, you, you don't have to worry about the do dollar conversion here. It, it the inflation rate jumped in 1982 by seven point five or seven point four percent. We've got a seven point five percent jump now. Um, and no, I'm sorry. It was 7.5 and 82 as well. So we can measure, I mean, the percentage jumps stay consistent across the years. And in this case, the, uh, we got to go back to 82 to see it. Well, the percentage jump may have done that, but they calculated differently. Um, um, was under one type of calculation. It changed, uh, during Reagan, it changed again in the nineties and changed in, I believe around Obama's term. 
Well, and, hang on a second. I'm <laughs> looking this one up. Now, as to what goes in and out of the consumer price index, uh, yes, you're right. Um, some things are in and some things are out. Uh, so I'm looking on uh, the Euro, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, so when they, okay, so here's your answer. Uh, when they adjust, they take out the previous historic data so that you can get the same benchmark. So as things within the consumer price index have changed over time, uh, they adjust the underlying historic rates as well. So a 7.5% increase now can be measured equally to an increase in 1982 based on how things have changed. Okay. All right. Thank you. That answer the question? I think so. All right. Yep. Sure. Yep. That's from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, The big one, it appears, is in the 1980s, they changed how energy was calculated. Um, Now, let's see here. Um, Let let me give you the idea because here we have now. Now that I'm here, I might as well delve into the chart. Here's where inflation hits. Gasoline of all types has had the most inflation. Used car and trucks, energy prices, utility prices, meat, poultry, fish, and eggs, new vehicles, uh, tobacco, household furnishings, food at home, food in general, electricity, food away from home, apparel, uh, other food at home, uh, cereals and bakery products, physician services, shelter, motor vehicle insurance, personal care, hospital services, recreation, alcoholic beverages, medical care, education, dairy, airfare, communication, and prescription drugs. Literally every single one of these categories has seen a price increase. Wow. All right. So things are bad, but that's okay. That just helped the Republicans. You know, to the point of the prior caller, though, not Roger, who was before him, um, don't get overconfident and just decide, well, everybody else is going to go vote as well. You still got to go vote. But my suspicion is, looking at the underlying polling data, people are mad as hell, and it doesn't matter what I say, they're going to go vote because they're angry. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.